0: Well, good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. good morning. It's honestly great to see each and every one of you as we're stepping into September. It is fall, the weather is changing, and the leaves are going to be changing color, and it's going to look so beautiful outside. I want to give a shout out welcome to our online church, people in our city, our province, our nation and globally around the world that have joined us this morning we thank you for tuning in and being a part of this service today we are so honored to have you well next sunday we're going to begin our fall sermon series we're calling it i pray iphone i pray and we're going to take eight sundays we're going to explore the eight prayers in the lord's prayer i believe that god is something he wants to speak to us about prayer and we're going to be getting back to our monthly prayer night. It is in the bulletin. It's September 21st, 6 o'clock. And it's just a great time. We believe prayer makes the difference. And I don't want you to miss this sermon series. I believe it's going to be life-changing, life-giving. And it's going to be an amazing help to all of us. But today, everybody say today, today is a Vision Sunday. And I've been praying and just asking God for a scripture to, to launch us into the fall season. And then I started to explore God's word, and I couldn't shake a scripture. We're going to come to it in a moment. It's in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, and I want you to pull out your sermon outline. It is on the back of the bulletin, or you can pull it up on your handheld device. This is a unique title. I'm calling this message today the Issachar Anointing. I actually believe that God has a special plan, a special purpose, a special DNA, a special anointing for every church. And I really sense that God's got a, a great plan, a great anointing, a wonderful purpose for you and I as a church together called Woodvale. And I started to see it as I started to, to look at this guy in the Old Testament, this obscure man named Issachar. And I want to take you back to First Chronicles chapter 12. I'm going to launch you in the scripture. We're going to look at a few scriptures about Issachar and we're going to explore what I believe God wants to say to us. So if you've got your Bible, turn please to 1st Chronicles chapter 12, way back in the Old Testament. And in 1st Chronicles chapter 12, this is the story where David is now become the king. Saul was the king, Saul had died, taken his life, David is now the king. And there's these 12 Old Testament tribes of Israel. Do you remember do you remember the tribes? Reuben, Gad, Ephraim, Judah, Manasseh, don't worry, I'm not going to test you on these. You don't have to list all 12. And, and they're the 12 sons of Jacob. And the 12 sons of Jacob and their families became known as the 12 tribes of Israel. And you come to First Chronicles chapter 12, and each of the 12 tribes had these volunteer soldiers, warriors, that said, I'm going to come alongside David. And when you read First Chronicles chapter 12, well, let's, let's read verse 23 because it's a key verse. These are the numbers of the men armed for battle who came to David at Hebron to turn Saul's kingdom over to him as the Lord had said. And when you begin to read this, you're going you're to read about each tribe and the, the number of soldiers that came. And you're going to read words like they were armed for battle. They were ready for battle. They were warriors. There's, there's great descriptions. And every number represented a soldier. But then when you come to the tribe of Issachar, everything changes. And you see a description about the men of Issachar that's not about any of the other men. And it's Verse 32, and I'm going to read it to you from, from Issachar. Men who understood the times and knew and knew what Israel should do. 200 chiefs with all their relatives under their command. Wow, I'd love to have those guys on my team. I mean, everyone else was armed for battle, ready for battle, and equipped for battle. It's all cool. It's all good. But these guys from Issachar, they understood their times. And they knew exactly. They heard from God what Israel should do. They brought something to the table. They brought something to David's team of soldiers. And so this morning, for just a couple of moments, on this Vision Sunday, I want to remind us. I want to refresh us. I want to give to you ten reminders, ten character traits of the Issachar anointing, ten things that I really felt the Spirit of God was saying to me to say to you and I that I believe is visionary for this church and for this house. So before I get to them, can we just bow our heads? Can I lead us in prayer? God, I'm asking that you would help me this morning to unpack these few thoughts that you've been really stirring my heart for. I I pray, God, that that these thoughts would catch in the house. I pray, God, they wouldn't just go into our ears and our head. I pray they would get deep in our heart in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that there would be an incarnation of a special anointing of you for this place. I really believe, God, you've got some exciting days ahead. I can't wait to see all that you're going to do. So give us ears to hear. Hearts to receive. Jesus' name. Nobody whispered. Everybody shouted amen. 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 Come on, put your hands together and celebrate our Lord for a moment. Come on, celebrate our Lord. Amen. (laughs) All right, ten characteristics, ten reminders. Number one, when there's an Iskar anointing, there's a keen understanding, a keen understanding of what is happening around you. You don't have your head buried in the sand. You aren't isolating yourself from your culture. You understand the times. You know what is going on. I started the ministry in 1985, and I'm telling you right now, it's a real different world to pastor in 2019 than in 1985. Things are so much different. And sometimes as a church, we get all resting on, we got to be biblically sound, and we got to be biblically sound. We got to be true to God's word. That's your moment to say amen, all right? Come on, that's your moment. We got to be true to God's word, amen? Do you really believe that? We got to be true to God's word, biblically sound, but that... Is not in opposition to being culturally relevant. I mean, biblically soundness is the message and the message never changes. But culturally relevant is the methods and the methods change how you reach your community how you understand the people that are out there becoming aware you begin to care when you begin to understand what is out there and the people's needs and what is going on in society and 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 what is what is really happening out there you see the men of Issachar weren't just soldiers they understood the times They knew their culture. They knew what the word of the Lord said. They understood what was happening around them in church. We got to be a church that understands our culture. I mean, I'll tell you, one of the many things I love about this church is that we are intercultural. We got 75 plus nationalities. I I mean, that's the way it should be because we're in a city that is multicultural. If out there is multicultural, in here needs to be multicultural. We need to understand Ottawa. We need to understand the needs of Canada. We need to understand and be aware of what's going on in the nudes. Not isolate ourselves, not insulate ourselves, but be true to God's word. Number one, there's a keen understanding of what is happening around you. Then there's number two, there's a clear, a clear, a clear perception of what to do. I'm sure there's nobody in the house That would disagree with me. You wanna hear clearly from the Lord, amen? You wanna know, thus saith the Lord. And the men of Issachar, they knew, they knew with confidence what Israel should do. They had heard from God. You see, church, we don't want vision from a book. We don't want vision from a church around the world. We want God's blueprint for this church at this time in this city, what God wants to do in and through us. We don't want to be a cookie-cutter church. We want a church that's got the Holy Spirit blueprint for us today. We want to hear from heaven what he wants us to do. That's, That's another moment to say amen. It's all right. Come on. We want to hear the heart and the voice of God. And when there's an Issachar anointing, you got a clear perception of what to do. Then there's number three. There's an increased influence to those that are around you. And I just want to push pause. and I, I, I want to share this from my heart, and, and I hope you hear my heart today. I, I honestly believe that God is posturing and positioning this church for a greater influence in this city and in this nation and around this world. I believe God is raising up this church to do greater things in the days ahead, and He wants our influence to expand. He wants us to fix our eyes so outside the walls of these church, and even beyond this city. I really believe that there's a mantle on this house for the nation of Canada. And I really believe that God, in the days ahead, if we walk in humility and leaning on Jesus, is going to increase our influence in this city and in this nation. And even around this world, there's a mantle on this house church. There's an anointing of God on this place. It is bigger and greater than we could ever imagine. So I want to show you God's word. Look at verse 32 of 1 Chronicles chapter 12. It's, it's, it's our text. There were 200 chiefs, and chiefs means leaders. I mean, there's 200 leaders with all their relatives under their command. I mean, these 200 elders from the tribe of Issachar came with all their relatives, and the, the 200 leaders are influencing their families. Now, look at look at Genesis 46:13. You may not know this, but Issachar had four sons, four boys, all boys, all boys: Tolaphuah, Jeshub, and Shimron. And those are the four boys that Issachar influenced. Let me show you Numbers chapter two, verse five, and this is where Moses is is Moses is bringing the people together, and he says, the tribe of Issachar will camp next to them. But notice, the leader leader of the people of Issachar is Nathaniel. I mean, Issachar was all about raising up leaders. It wasn't about Issachar. It was raising up the next generation. I want to be a church that fixes its eyes outside the walls and on the next generation. I want to be a church that says we believe in the young people and the children of our church. We get excited when we hear that there's 300 boys and girls on a Sunday morning in the back rooms. We get excited when Pastor Kyle texts me and says there's 80 young people on the first Friday night of September praying and calling upon God. We get excited when Pastor Matt says all these young adults from the city coming out on Thursday night. We get excited about the next Generation. We love the next generation. Issachar Anointing believes in the next generation. Let me show you a few more verses. In in Numbers chapter 34, 26, I probably won't pronounce the name perfectly, but Paltiel, the son of Azan, the leader from the tribe of Issachar, there's another leader that Issachar was developing. But I want to show you one more verse, and there's other scriptures under this point, but this, this verse. In Judges chapter 5, I felt was thematic, and it gripped me, and I couldn't shake it. I want you to think back in the days of the Judges. Before the kings, there were Judges. And Israel went through cycles where they'd sin, they'd mess up, they'd call it to God, and God would raise up a deliverer, guys like Gideon, and, and, and the list goes on. But there was a lady that God raised up named Deborah. Some people call her Deborah. And and the Israelites had messed up, and they're under the Canaanite bondage, and it's a mess, and God puts an anointing on Deborah, and Deborah influences a guy named Barak. And Deborah influencing Barak goes and takes down Sisera and and Jabak, these leaders in Canaan. But but there's a verse that you're going to see on the screen. It's verse 15. Don't miss it. The princes of Issachar. You didn't know it was there. The princes of Issachar. We're with Deborah. Now, notice what the text says. Yes, Issachar was with Barak. It's like you can't believe it. It's like Deborah should be doing this on her own. But no, 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 no. The princes of Issachar. Yes, the princes of Issachar are with Barak, sent under his command into the valley. No, don't miss it. When the Issachar anointing is present, you want to see other people's dreams fulfilled. You are not just about your house. You're about blessing another house. You're about blessing another church. You're about blessing another city. You're about blessing another nation. Woodvale, when the Uzachar anointing is present, we want to be a blessing to those that are around us. So can I tell you something? In 2006, we tore down an auditorium that was right right here. It sat about 450, 500 people maximum. We, we tore it down. We built this new auditorium. We moved in in 2007. It seats 2,000 people. And we've been on a journey. And here's the good news. If all goes as planned, in less than three and a half years, and closer to two and a half years, as we faithfully pay the mortgage, and setting aside in our budget a few more hundred thousand each year, and with, with blessing of God, we, we God willing, are going to be debt-free in just under three years. Come on, isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? I, I'm blown away by that. And all along on Thanksgiving Sunday, we, we've been doing this debt reduction special offering. But remember last year, the Holy Spirit spoke to us and said to your pastors and to your board, don't put that offering towards debt. I'm going to take care of that. Put it towards outside. There's, there's, there's the Issachar anointing. I mean, the Princes of Issachar came around Deborah, and we came around a Deborah church last year, a church in Vanier, Vanier Community Church, right in the heart of our city and reaching people that we're not reaching. And and the problems and the baggage and the hang-ups in some parts of Vanier are so huge that some parts of Vanier are like the Harlem of our city, not all of Vanier, but some parts of it. And Pastor Rob and Melissa are doing such an amazing job. We brought them here last Thanksgiving Sunday, And you so generously gave because they needed front doors to their church because it's an old building and the doors were a mess. And you gave just around $67,000 above your tithes to a special offering to Vanier Community Church. I think we need to celebrate that. That's absolutely amazing. So Thanksgiving is coming up. And your pastor's in boredom and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do this year? We know it's not for the mortgage because you're, you're just going to keep blessing and you're going to bring more people in and giving's going to keep going up and that mortgage is going to be fine. Outside the walls, we felt the Spirit of God show us three things. Do you want to hear what they are? Come on, do you want to hear what they are? I want to tell you, but do you want to hear what they are? So three things. Number one, we are not going to abort our commitment to Vanier Community Church we got teams going down there. You can become a part of a team going down to serve. Come to serve class. We'll release you to it. we got teams going down there. We, we had a pod outside, and we packed two pods of clothing. Remember that? We overwhelmed them. But they've got another financial need. I mean, the doors are fixed, but the stairs are a mess. I mean, you can't even get to the new doors without tripping on the messed up stairs. And so we're going to help them repair their stairs and we're going we're gonna to make sure that those stairs are intact and we're going to raise money on Thanksgiving Sunday to help that church get those stairs in order so people can get up, get in, and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're so pumped about that. Come on, we're excited about that. We want to do that. We want to do that. But number two, there's a Pentecostal church that's being planted in our city in a very unique location. And it's starting the 1st of January. It's going to happen at the Ottawa university how many people believe that there's a lot of people in university that need jesus and there's a young man that i met him i serve on our district executive and we're doing credential interviews and this guy's in there and he's getting he's getting he's getting ordained and travis blackmore and i first time i met him i saw a humble spirit i saw a man with an anointing of god on his life and god has been speaking to him In January, he's going to start a church at the Ottawa University to reach those thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of students. I mean, that church is so... That that, that university is so far away from our building. We're kidding ourselves to think that someone who comes into the city is going to find a bus route to get here on a Sunday morning. They might do it once, and it'll take them hours to get here. We need to start a church in the Ottawa University, and Travis is going to do that. And he's got needs... He's got needs. One of those needs, he needs his audiovisual equipment, and he found some audiovisual equipment that's worth over a hundred thousand dollars, and he can get it for twenty-eight thousand dollars. And I haven't told him the exact dollar line. I said we're going to give towards it, but here's what I'm praying: we raise the entire twenty-eight thousand dollars to pay for that audiovisual equipment so he can start that church in January and he can be used of God to reach the Ottawa University for Jesus Christ. Anybody excited about that? I'm, I'm thrilled because he's like a Deborah and he's out there and God's got an anointing on his life and the prisons of Issach- the princess of Issachar said, we're going to come along. So we're going to come alongside him. But there's one more thing. Oh, I get goosebumps to tell you this one. This is different. This is out of the box. Are you ready for this? There's a church that I can almost throw a stone and hit them, because they're really close to our church, and it's of another denomination, and it's across Green Bank, and it's called Arlington Woods Free Methodist Church, and you might remember when the tornado hit just a few weeks coming up last year, it took the entire roof off of their old sanctuary, which is their Christian ed wing, and so obviously they got insurance, thank you Jesus, and insurance is going to pay for the new roof. But but, but what was meant to harm them, they're now seen as an opportunity to lead them to their future. So they're in a building program where they're going to remodel that complex for the next generation and to better serve their community. And the spirit of me and the spirit of Pastor Mike at Arlington Woods has become so knit because of the tornado. And he sat with me a few weeks back over coffee and wanted to show me the plans, and he was excited and this might shock you, this is, this, is, this is so out of the box, that right this morning, our assistant general superintendent of the Pentecostal Sims of Canada is speaking in that church, helping them raise funds for their building program. I think that's pretty cool. And they, they've hired the same architect that built this building here. And so he said to me, Mark, we're in this together, reaching this side of Ottawa. Would you come on a Sunday morning and just pour into our church for five minutes and pump them up and just help us, help us in the street? I said, buddy, I'm there. And I'm going to AWOL on a Sunday morning between two morning services and show up late for a second morning service, get my five minutes to encourage them. But then Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you need to bring a check and you need to sow a seed from Woodvale into that church to help them reach people for Jesus Christ. And so I'm believing that we're going to take a $10,000 check to that church to sow into what they're doing, to help them see their vision fulfilled so that they can remodel that building for, for the community and the next generation so that we together can reach people for Jesus Christ. I am so pumped about that, and I can't wait. So you add it all up. Come on, give a clap offering to the Lord. So... I'm just stepping out on a limb in faith, believing God, that we're going to see $70,000 in our special Thanksgiving offering to bless our community, the city of Ottawa, Vanier Community Church, the O Church that is starting at Ottawa University, and Arlington Woods Free Methodist Church. I believe we are a blessed church, and a blessed church needs to be a blessing to those outside of the walls. And I believe God's gonna. You know, you, you know, what I think is gonna happen. God's gonna shock us and show up, take care of that mortgage. wouldn't it be great if that mortgage was gone, not in two and a half, three years, but in two years. And the Lord freed up more money for us to do more for the kingdom of the living God. You cannot outgive the Lord. And I'm so excited to share this. All right, time is ticking. Here it is. Let me take you now to number 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 four. I'm gonna pick up the pace. When there's an Isachar anointing. There's a growing and an increasing culture of serving. I mean, when the Issachar anointing is present, you don't got to beg for volunteers. You don't have to beg for leaders. You don't have to say, oh, man, we're sunk. If you don't... Here's what's happening in the house. We're seeing the component and the culture of serving rising. It's on Holy Spirit steroids. And more and more people are coming to serve class, and it's taking off like you wouldn't believe. Now, I believe that the best is yet to come, and God's going to stir hundreds of more people. And some of you are like, Mark, Mark I'm, I'm 85 years of age. What can I do? Pray in the name of Jesus. We need you as our prayer warriors. Some of you are like, Mark, I'm, I'm just brand new in this place. There's a place for you. Now, let me show you the scripture, and it's, and it's First Chronicles 12:38. This is our text. Remember, remember the Issachar? They understood the times, knew what Israel should do. And it mentions all the other numbers of people from the different tribes that came along David. But look at verse thirty-eight. After it mentions all these people, verse thirty-eight, all all these were fighting men who volunteered to serve in the ranks. They weren't begged, they weren't you better get alongside David. No, they volunteered. Spirit of God stirred them. They came to Hebron fully determined to make David king over all Israel. All the rest of the Israelites were also of one mind to make David king. And I just want the Spirit of God to stir your hearts. that When there's an Issachar anointing, there's no problem to get people serving. And I've been praying Holy Spirit would stir everybody in this house. Because there's a place for you to serve. And if you've not gone to the serve class, come. I mean, there's so many giftings in this house. Here's what I believe. What God wants us to do, he has put the giftings in this house. God doesn't want us to do Something where the giftings aren't already present. The giftings are already here for what God wants us to do. And I'm praying that the Issachar anointing would flow. Let me take you number five. Embrace the future while appreciating the past. Embrace the future while appreciating the past. Don't think about it. In just a little bit, you're going to get in your car and you're going to drive home or drive out for brunch. And fat guys, if you're married, take your darling out for some nice brunch. Ladies, aren't you glad I'm saying that right now? Don't cheap out and go to uh, that place that starts with Mick. Uh, go somewhere really nice and bless. Anyhow, anyhow, you're going to get in your car and your windshield is so big, but your rearview mirror is so small. Now, why is the windshield so big and the rearview mirror so small? It's simple because what is ahead of you is a lot more important than what you've left behind. Now, can you imagine if it was the invert? Can you imagine getting in your car and your windshield was the size of your rearview mirror and your rearview mirror was the size of your windshield? Now, picture that in your head. You'd be like squinting your eyes trying to see what's ahead of you going, I don't want to see what's behind me. I'm glad my windshield was a lot bigger than my rearview mirror. Church, when there's an Issachar anointing, we appreciate the past. But we embrace the future. We believe our best days are yet to come. And I prophetically say over this house, the best days for this church are yet to come. Greater things are going to happen in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the windshield's bigger because what's in front of you is a lot more important than what you've left behind. So let me read to you a couple of verses. First Chronicles 10, 13, 14. Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He was the king before. He did not keep the word of the Lord, even consulted a medium for guidance. Verse 14, and did not inquire of the Lord, so the Lord put him to death, turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. Then you come to chapter 11, verse 3, when all the elders of Israel came, came to King David at Hebron. Hebron's just a small place outside of Jerusalem. It's like 13 miles outside of Jerusalem. And that's where David was, was placed as king. He made a covenant with them. I love that. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, he made a covenant with them. At Hebron, he made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel, as the Lord had promised through Samuel. I make a covenant with you today that we're going to labor and work together, and we're going to embrace the future that God has, because the best days are yet to come. The best days are yet to come. So you got to embrace the future while appreciating the past. The number six: realize, please, that God fulfills His perfect will. You imperfect people. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Jesus is perfect. And I'm going to read something to you that might have shocked you, but but I I don't know if you saw this, but I'm going to show you what the Bible says about the birth of Issachar. And you're going to go, what? That's in the Bible? So Genesis 30, verse 14, actually down to verse 18. Your notes will say down to verse 17, but I'm going to read it down to verse 18. Now before I read it, Jacob really fell in love with Rachel, wanted to marry Rachel, goes to Laban, the dad, and the dad tricks him. He ends up working, and he gets he gets Leah first, then he gets Rachel. And there's Leah and there's Rachel and there's Jacob. And 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 Leah already had four sons. One of them was a guy named Reuben, and Reuben became one of the tribes, the Reubenites. Now look at verse 14 of Genesis thirty. During wheat harvest, Reuben went out in the fields. Many people think he's like eight years of age. And he found some mandrake plants. Anybody know what a mandrake is? It's only mentioned twice in the Bible. And the other time it's mentioned is the revealer. It's Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 13. Write that down. S-O-S, 713. The mandrake was the love plant. It really was. It was like a, a, a unique fruit. Some think it was a vegetable, but it gave off a love fragrance, and the Song of Solomon, chapter 7, they're getting the mandrake, and they want that fragrant, that aroma of romance to be there. And Reuben, 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 he's out in the fields, and he found some mandrake plants, which he brought to his mother, Leah. Leah didn't have any children yet. And Rachel said to Leah, Rachel said, to, oh, sorry, Rachel didn't have any children yet. Leah did. Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes.'" Look at verse 15. But she said to her, wasn't it enough that you took away my husband? Will you take my son's mandrakes too? Very well, said Rachel. Now note this. This is how Issachar was conceived. Rachel said, he can sleep with you tonight in return for your son's mandrakes. That's right there in the Bible. That's how it all began. Look at verse 16. So when Jacob came in from the fields that evening, Leah went out to meet him. You must sleep with me, she said. Now, note this. this, this it's right here. It's going to shock you. I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. Now, wouldn't you love down the road? Well, tell me about where you were born. Well, well, my dad was hired for mandrakes, and that's how I was conceived. So he slept with her that night. Verse 17, God listened to Leah, and she became pregnant and bore Jacob a fifth son. This is Jacob's fifth son. And it comes through Leah. Verse 18, then Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband. So she named him Issachar. Now, if we were Hebrew, we'd say Yissachar. And Yissachar comes from two Hebrew words. The name Yisachar means son. Son is right there. Of hire. <laughs> son of hire. That's what his name means. And you've read it. You heard it. I've hired you with my son's mandrakes. That's how it all Began. Some of you are sitting here today going, "Well, Mark, if I unpack my upbringing and my past and thinks about what's gone on in my family, it's it's kind of messed up." But how many people believe God can put the fun back into dysfunction? How many people believe God can take us from our imperfect past and accomplish His perfect will through imperfect people? How many people believe God can release an Issachar anointing? Come on, people, and do something great. So I, I had to share that with you. I, I just thought that's, that's a wild scripture, and it's right there. Number seven, number seven. A strong character in a weak moral society. Let this one sink in. A strong character in a weak moral society. We're going to end with one more scripture, and it's found in Genesis 49. So if you've got your Bible, you, you need to go to Genesis 49. And in Genesis chapter 49, Jacob is an old man. And he knows he's going to die, and he brings all his sons around him, 12 boys. Come here, Reuben. Come here, Gad. Come on, Manasseh. Come on, Issachar. Come on, Judah. Come. And he gathers them around, and he does something in that culture they did often. They would prophetically speak over their children. God would unpack the future for their children, and they would speak it over their life. I want you to picture old guy Jacob and Jacob's sitting there and brings his boys up and he puts his hands on them and he speaks over them. And I mean, they're all good words like Reuben, you're my firstborn, my might, the first sign of my strength, excellent in honor, excellent in power. I mean, it's pretty cool stuff. Then he, Judah, your brothers will praise you, your alliance club, the scepter will never depart from Judah. All these guys are getting these really cool words. Until Jacob speaks over Issachar. And I'm not trying to be facetious, but I'm trying to drive home a point. Look at verse 14. He brings them together and says, Issachar is a raw-boned donkey. How would you like for daddy to call you and say, you're the donkey in the family. Now, there's another word for donkey, and I'm not going to say it. But Jacob is calling his boy a donkey. doesn't sound too encouraging, does it? Now, I don't know about you, but there's a characteristic of every animal. When someone is sly, they're as sly as a fox. When someone is really hungry, they're as hungry as a bear. You you know it. When they're really soft and tender as a kitten, but when you're like a donkey, you're as stubborn as a donkey. Now, I kind of tricked you because Jacob actually didn't say my boy's a donkey. Well, he said donkey, but he said he's a raw-boned donkey. Raw-boned. And that's, raw is the key word. And when you study the ancient word raw-boned, it, it means strength. It means strong. And donkey speaks of stubbornness. And it, it and, and Jacob's actually speaking something positive over Issachar. Issachar, of all my boys, of all my sons, You've got an inner strength of stubbornness that is so good. And I prophetically speak it over you that God's going to use it. Now, I felt the Lord say to me that he wants a raw bone donkey stubbornness of moral clarity in a society that's losing its way. And I felt the Spirit of God say to me that he, if we are willing and if we humbly turn our face to our community, and we keep doing what we're doing to bless this city. the city. That the name Woodvale is going to become so known in this city. But here's what I felt the Lord saying He wants to raise up this church and other churches to be the moral compass in our city. He wants to release a raw bone donkey anointing that we will have conviction in the midst of chaotic worlds. That we would have a clarity of God's word. We would stand true to God's word. That God would use us to be a moral compass to point people to Jesus Christ. That we would make Jesus famous in our city. I don't know about you, but I want a raw bone, stubborn, tenacious donkey anointing in this house. That we would have a moral compass that is honoring to God Almighty. That we would stand on the truth of God's word. We would be truth and grace. Truth and grace. Walking in the anointing of the Lord. Do you receive that this morning? A strong character in a weak, moral society. When there's an Issachar anointing, you don't lose your way. You don't water down the gospel. You don't step away from the truth of God's word. You stand on the word of God and you function in truth and grace. God release it. Then there's number eight. A total dependence on God. I tell you, man, I saw Jacob's speaking over Issachar. He said, you're a raw bone donkey. But look at verse 14 to 15. Lying down among the sheep pens. Picture a donkey lying down in the sheep pen with the sheep. When he sees how good is his resting place and how pleasant is his land. And Jacob is prophetically speaking about the land that the Issacharites are going to receive in Canaan. And he's saying it's going to be a resting place. But he's also spiritually speaking about Issachar. You, my raw bone donkey, are going to lie down in the sheep pen. Now, here it is. Sheep will only lie down in the sheep pen when they're near the shepherd. Sheep won't lie down when they are in fear. They will lie down when they're in the presence of the shepherd who protects them. I felt the Lord say to me, that what he wants to do in and through you and I as a church is so big and so great that we better lean in and depend fully on Jesus. Because it's not going to be our strength. It's not going to be our might. It's not going to be our power. It's going to be his might, his power, his anointing. And he's going to receive the glory. But we better fully depend on Jesus to do what he wants to do in and through us. We need to be like the raw bone donkey lying down in the sheep pen saying, I totally trust in you. And i tell you where I'm at. I'm just leaning in on Jesus. Say, Lord, will you lead me? I'm going. What you say, I'm going to do. I'm going to lie down and rest in you and walk in the spirit. This is not my church. You are the CEO. You are the chief cornerstone of this place. And we lift up your name. Is there a witness in the house? A total dependence on God. I'm almost done, but number nine is real key. And I only have a couple of minutes to say it. When there's an Issachar anointing, you become a burden bearer for others. What did Jacob say over Issachar? You will be a raw bone donkey lying down in the sheep pens, and you'll find rest in the land. And it says, he will bend his shoulder to the burden. Issachar, you're going to be a burden bearer. You're going to lift burdens. Of all my boys... The people of Issachar are going to bear the burdens of others. I believe what the Lord gave me in a dream that I've had more than once, and I can't shake, and I won't repeat it. Remember the dream of the room, the untapped room, the physical untapped room, and I got in that room and said, why aren't we using this? And the Lord showed me that there's unused gifts in this place that He wants to tap into, and He wants to use us in a greater way. And I I could share that dream to you privately if you haven't heard it before, but but I felt the Lord saying to me, He wants us to bear the burdens. And the Lord gave me an analogy. Evelyn and I were on holidays, and We stayed in some hotels, and hotels are nice. And, man, we had good breakfast in the morning and nice room and and a pool and the bed's made and people are coming in and cleaning it. But, you know, church, God hasn't called Woodvale to be a hotel. Here's the analogy. God has called us to be a hospital. He's not called us to be a museum for the perfect. He's called us to be a hospital for the hurting. And I'm in hospitals all week. And I've actually been in the emergency room of hospitals. And I've been there when accident victims have come in. And it's messy and, and it's frantic. And every hospital in our city is busy. And they're, they're always expanding. And they've got specialty doctors and specialty departments. And, and people flock to the hospital because they got physical wounds. And they need surgery or they got stuff that they need. We're meant to be a spiritual hospital for the hurting. And this week we are launching our life groups and I'm so thrilled. you got to check out that insert in the bulletin because that's the spiritual rooms in this place. And, and how, I tell you, Pastor Marvin, how we've not tapped the potential of what God wants for life groups in and through this church. We need to, down the road, start life groups for, for sexual identity. And, and I'm telling you, the needs in our culture are so huge. And the giftings are so big in this place. We need to raise up more life groups. We need to do more for the kingdom of God. We need to be a hospital for the hurting. We need to be that place where people can come and we can put our shoulder to it and lift their burden in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I came on Thursday night. And met with our Thursday evening prayer team. I don't know if you know this, but every Thursday night there's like eight to ten people that are here. And they're a spiritual hospital of prayer. And they'll pray you through. They'll pray with you for an hour. They'll pray with you for a lengthy period of time. They will pray over you. They are a spiritual hospital of prayer on Thursday night. Spread the words. Don't just come on a Sunday for five-minute prayer at the end of the service. We got a prayer team on Thursday night that will pray you through. Praise be to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I prophetically speak, God wants this house to be a hospital, a spiritual hospital, a spiritual hospital for Ottawa and the greater region. The best is yet to come. I don't know if you know this, but we're at a point in our building that we have no more room on Monday night for the life groups. You're like, Mark, a big building like this, and there's no more room on Monday nights, big building like this, and there's no more room on Monday nights. We need more physical space to do what we're doing. Pastor Marvin took a team yesterday, and they delivered flyers in the Morrison Gardens area. We're starting Alpha at a school down the road for the community. Come on, I'm excited about that. I'm pumped about that. I'm pumped. But I want you to get it in your spirit. When there's an Issachar anointing, you'll, you'll become a greater burden bearer. I'm going to close with number 10. And I'm throwing a lot at you. And I, I encourage you to take these notes home and let them sink in. But number 10, when there's an Issachar, Issachar anointing, you're going to be faithful in the tough seasons of life. As Jacob spoke over Issachar, you're going to be a raw bone donkey. You're going to be lying down in a sheep pen. You're going to bend your shoulder to the burden. They said something else that probably rocked Issachar's mind. You're going to submit to forced labor. And there was a season, they believe, that the people of Issachar were under forced labor. What does it say? You will submit to forced labor. It's like God was saying to Jacob, my will is going to include some tough times. And people of Issachar, you're going to go through some forced labor, but, but, but submit because I'm the God that's with you. And there's some of you right now in this house that you're going through something that is so tough. And you're sitting here this morning saying, why me, why this, and why now? And I feel the Lord saying to me to say to you, lie down in the sheep pen and trust God with your burden. And He, the great burden bearer, is going to bring you through this trial, bring you through this chaos, bring you through this dilemma. He is more faithful than you can ever imagine. And when you're in the tough season. Let the tough rise up and keep going and not give up on God. When you don't understand the hand of God, learn to trust the heart of God. He's God. He's on a throne. He's not abandoned the throne. He's for you. He is not against you. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the sweet rose of Sharon. He's my Jesus. Put your hands together and celebrate our Lord our Savior, Jesus. I want to invite you to stand, Pastor Brad, if you would come and begin to lead that song, Egypt. And as you stand, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And I'm asking if at all possible that no one would leave unless it's absolutely urgent. I feel in my spirit in these final moments, there's something that God wants to do. But there's two things that I feel the Lord is saying to me. And the first one, I ask it every Sunday. And I ask it again this morning. If today was the day that you died. And you stepped into eternity. Do you know that you know that you know that you know that, you know that you're going to heaven? Sir, ma'am, on the main level, in the balcony, in the risers, watching on live streaming, was there a time, a place, a moment that you asked Jesus Christ personally into your life? Ask them to forgive you of your sins, ask them to be your Savior. I'm not asking you to go to church. I'm not asking you to give in the offering. I'm not asking you're a good person. I'm not asking if you read your Bible. But Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. The way to heaven is a personal relationship with Jesus. And if today was the day you died, please let this question grip you. If today was the day you died, you know, that you know that you're going to heaven. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And I believe there's a number of you this morning. You can't answer that question with a definite yes. You've never looked at it that way. Or maybe you did it one time, but you, you, you know, I'm not in sync with God. And I, I need to settle this morning. I need to get right. I want to be led in a prayer. And here's what we're going to do in just a moment. I'm going to count to three. Now, after I count to three, if you want to be included and led... In a prayer to ask Christ to be the center of your life, I just want you to lift your hand in a moment. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Last Sunday, about 30 people between our two morning service gave their heart to Jesus. And I'm just believing and praying. I feel my spirit. There's a number of you in this first service that you're not ready for heaven, but you want to be ready and you want to be led in this prayer. So I'm going to count the three heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And after I count the three, if you want to be included, And let in this prayer, I just want you to lift your hand and you can put it down. One, two, three. That's you. Just lift your hand. Hands are going up all across this place. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. You can put your hands down. If you lifted your hand, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. And we're going to join you as you pray. So let's join these friends. Let's pray with them as they pray. Dear Jesus. I ask you into my life, please forgive me of my sins. I have decided to follow Jesus. I receive you in my life. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Today, I say yes to Jesus. I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, Woodville, it's party time. Let's celebrate salvations. Come on, it's party time. There's a number of people in this first service that gave your heart to Jesus. Several things. On your way out, go to the follow-ups in the lobby. We got a Bible for you. It's free. A little booklet for you. It's free. We have a follow class that happens on Wednesday nights. It's in the bulletin. It's on our website. Come on out. Be a part of it. And we just want to help you in your new faith journey come to serve class on Wednesday night, find your place of serving. And we just, we just want that Issachar anointing to be released. And, and God's up to something great, something big. And if you're a guest, I'm so pumped that you came today. Can we one more time thank our guests for coming? I honestly am so pumped. That I hope that you drop by the, the guest lounge. We want to bless you. And we got so much going on in the fall. You heard some of the announcements and it's all cool. It's all good. God's got great days ahead. But here's number two. When there's an Issachar anointing, he's, Jacob said prophetically over Issachar, you're going to put your shoulder to the burden. Sometimes the burden is heavy. and Sometimes it takes a lot of people to put their shoulder to it. But I believe what God wants us to do today is, is support people in the house that are carrying a burden and help them to take that burden bring it to the Lord and leave it there and I'm going to open this altar in just a moment but there's a scripture that says cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you and that's in the New Testament and the word cast doesn't mean to throw it the word cast means drop it just drop it and the analogy is to drop your cares into the hands of the lord and leave it there and i felt the lord say to me today in this house there are people with burdens of sickness burdens in their family Burdens in their finances, burdens in their own life. They're, they're carrying something and, and they're like, I I I'm, i I don't I need I need God to bring breakthrough. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take our burden to the Lord and we're gonna drop it into the hands of Jesus. We're together gonna pray that Jesus is going to, to lift the burden. So Brad, just start leading us. And if you I want the altar workers to come. If you're carrying a burden and you like you like prayer this morning, here's how we're closing. We're gonna open this altar. Come on forward. Bring your burden to the Lord. Bring your burden to the Lord. Last Sunday, a man in our church who ushers in second morning service had a stroke a number of months ago. And when I first went to see him, he could hardly speak. He's now home, talking up a storm, and was in first service last Sunday morning. People anointed him with oil, and his wife texted me and said, he's had the best four days that he's had since the journey began. Come on, isn't that cool. How many people believe Jesus can lift your burden? Do you believe that? Come on. You got a burden. Come and just stand, and altar workers just gather with them. Pastors and board members come and join. Get some anointing oil. And Brad, just lead us.
1: You stepped into my Egypt. You took me by the hand. You marched me out in freedom Into the promised land And now I will not forget you No, I'll sing of all you've done be swallowed up forever By the fury of your love You stepped into my Egypt You took me by the hand You marched me out in freedom to the promised land. And now I will not forget you. The no, last single of all you've done. Getting you swallowed up forever by the food. Come on again, you step. Well, you stepped into my Egypt. You took me by.
0: just a moment I'm going to lead us in prayer and I want to pray for everyone that is standing at the front, we want to pray that God would lift the burden and after I pray Pastor Brad, you feel free to keep leading us and if any of you need to go, go with God's blessing, I, I know we got an army of children in the children's wing and I know that we want our solo moms, our single moms and the children to join us in the fireside room, we'd love to see you But could we just lift our hands towards the heavens? God Almighty, we together pray for every man, every woman standing at this altar. There's so many needs and so many cares and so many burdens. And would we cast that burden onto you? And would you, Jesus, do a miracle in the name of the Lord? I'm asking God in these final moments that you would release that is a car anointing over this house, over this place. We believe the best days are yet to come. And I pray, Almighty God, that you would let the windows of heaven open over this place. That now signs and wonders would follow the proclamation of the word. I pray that sick bodies would be healed in the name of the Lord. That God, just like a hospital, has doctors. Would you, Dr. Jesus, show up right now. Let brain tumors shrink and be gone. I pray cancer gone in the name of the Lord. I pray back pain gone in the name of the Lord. I pray headaches gone in the name of the Lord. I pray marriages restored in the name of the Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that that you would do miracles in homes and in lives of everyone in this place. Jesus, we give you the glory, the honor, the praise. We thank you for what you're doing. And we pray for a great week, a great week. And we give you the glory, the honor, the praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Pastor Brad, come on, go ahead. Give a clap offering to the Lord, amen. Just lead us for a little bit. And if you need to go, God bless you. If you want to come, this altar remains open. God bless you.
1: It's closer than a brother I know a grace far beyond me And I know I'm here In the power of your nail scar Is a love that took a chance on me. bring